This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Today's lifestyle demands the best in wireless. And with Pulse Cellular, you have the best options available. Switch to Pulse Cellular for unlimited talk, text, and high-speed data. Coast-to-coast with no contracts, no credit checks, and no overage fees. One line for $65 or four lines for just $45 each, including hotspot, Wi-Fi calling, and 50 gigs per line. And for all you travelers, we got you covered in Canada and Mexico. Plus, text and data in over 210 countries worldwide. All with the best phones or bring your own that's pretty awesome get the best user experience on mobile at pulsecellular.com if you're a loser tune in and you'll be a winner it's the moranalytics podcast talking buffalo sports yankees wwe 80s music and pop culture and now here's your host patrick moran All right, everyone, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 149 of the Moranalytics podcast, presented today by our friends over at Pulse Cellular. Today is Tuesday, August 3rd. Hope everyone out there enjoyed a nice, long Labor Day weekend holiday for listeners in Buffalo. I know it's back to school week now. Still weird for me, by the way, down here in Florida, as my son and Kids all over. They've been back to school for almost a month now. But anyway, thank you to everyone for listening and for downloading. If you have not yet subscribed to this future award-winning podcast, what's the matter with you? Please go ahead and do that right now. Coming up on today's episode, got a few things on deck for you. First up, there's a brand new digital sports reporter in Buffalo at WIVB TV Channel 4. Her name is Mary Margaret Johnson, and she comes to Buffalo from Texas. She will be my guest today. I always love getting to meet someone new when they come into the market, of which I cover Buffalo sports. And more importantly, I love giving sports fans out there listening a chance to learn more about these people. Got a spoiler alert for you right here. Mary Margaret, and by the way, she prefers to be called Mary Margaret, not just Mary. Mary Margaret, she's the bomb, man. Really cool. Very vibrant young lady. She's just starting to leave her mark in the sports media game. She's young, relatively new into her career, but she's very talented. And we cover a lot of stuff, including her growing up, born and raised in Dallas, Texas, her obsession with sports at a young age. Also, her lifelong dream to go to the University of Texas for college, a dream that she was able to accomplish. Talk about her career through this point that's now led her to moving from Albanine, Texas, all the way to Buffalo, New York, working for Channel 4. We discuss what she's going to be doing there, spend a few minutes talking Buffalo, and like with most guests, I run her through the mini lighting round at the end. It's good stuff. Add that for you in just a minute. And following today, following Mary Margaret, I'm going to do a solo segment. I've been wanting to do it for quite a while on this podcast. I think today's the right day to do it. We have a lengthy discussion about chicken wings. Yes, chicken wings, and more specifically, my wing power rankings that I posted last week got a ton of interaction and feedback on social media, especially Twitter. I got some thoughts on that, and I'm going to read off some of the takes that I got from people on Twitter. Good stuff. Real quick, just wanted to say several people out there who heard my podcast last week, last Tuesday's show and offered well wishes for my son. I just wanted to thank you, okay? I I told the story. not going to rehash all the details again. But long story short, my son was involved in a major injury scare about two weeks ago. Ultimately ended up with him being stretchered out of the stadium and into an ambulance. It's obviously a scene that nobody wants to ever see, especially a parent. I went through it. It was more 
It was more precautionary and scary, we later found out, than anything else. He's good, man. He's 100%. He's back, um, fully healthy, back playing football already. Again, more of a scare than anything else, but I got a lot of well wishes out there, and it meant a lot to me. It was very comforting, so thank you very much for that. And also, my thoughts and my prayers are going to go out to everyone in Florida right now and up the Atlantic coast this week. I, I know, I'm in Florida too, okay, but I'm on the Gulf Coast side. I'm not far from Tampa, so I think we're going to be spared. All the reports indicate that we're going to be spared from Hurricane Dorian, but I know that other regions are not going to be as fortunate. I'm sure the damage is going to be bad, so I'm just hoping that everyone is doing whatever they got to do to stay safe, get away, and just hope for the best. That's all we can do. So anyway, on that note, I want to get into today's episode. First up, my interview with Buffalo's newest sports reporter, Mary Margaret Johnson, followed by a solo segment filled with some wing takes. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay, my guest today is a brand new digital sports reporter at WIVB TV Channel 4 in Buffalo. She comes to Western New York after spending the past three years as a sports reporter and weekend anchor in Texas, where she is indeed born and raised. Glad to have her on my podcast today. I am talking about Mary Margaret Johnson. What's up, Mary? How you doing? Thanks for popping on. Thanks for doing the podcast with me, actually taping this on Monday, Labor Day. How you doing? I am so good, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. Glad to have you on the show and when I found out that Channel 4 was hiring a new digital sports reporter, as soon as I learned that it was you, I immediately reached out to Josh Reed at Channel 4. I said, hook this up, set us up so that me and you could have a conversation and I can get you on the show. I want to keep the format the same as I do most guests on this podcast, especially somebody who's brand new to the area like yourself. Going to kind of keep it chronological and give fans an opportunity to know a little bit more about you beyond just the work that you're going to be doing over at Channel 4, or actually that you've already started because you've been there a couple of weeks now. So let's go all the way back to the beginning. You're born and raised in Texas, Dallas, actually, correct? Yes, I was born in Dallas. I uh, lived there for obviously the first 18 years of my life. Um, and then I went to the University of Texas. My whole entire family is huge Longhorn fans. Everybody in my family, except for one uncle, went to Texas. He went to A&M, so... We oh, kind of, wow. we ignore him. <laughs> um, yes, I went to, I went to University of Texas for fantastic years there in Austin and then got my first job two weeks after graduation and moved, was in Abilene and West Texas for the last three years. You're from the Dallas area. So I got to ask the obligatory question. Did you grow up a Cowboys fan? I did. I did. And I know that's kind of hard for people out here to, nah. to get to come to, to come to terms with, but yes, I grew up a Cowboys fan, um, grew up a Mavs fan, a stars fan, a Rangers fan, everything, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth sports. What were some of the things that you were into as a young kid, obviously having a sports career, I'm assuming that sports played a big part of your life, even going back to early on, but what were some of the things that you were into? Yeah, sports actually was the biggest part of my childhood, and it's really what um, what made me really want to be a sports journalist. I grew up playing every single sport under the sun. Uh, my dad wanted me, I think when I was born, he wanted me to be a boy. Um, so, <laughs> so I was, you know, I grew up uh, playing football, and I had a younger brother a couple years younger than me. So we grew up playing football out in the yard. Um, you know, we lived one block from our elementary school, so we would just go up there and play Football, kickball, soccer, volleyball, tetherball, every single thing that we could play, you know, every single day. We were very, a very active family. So now, growing you, up, I uh, couldn't you, play sports in college, so I wanted to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. And trust me when I tell you, that's a very common theme among sports media people. Do you remember having a specific, maybe seminal moment where you thought to yourself, this is something that. I want to do, I want to make this my career. Maybe for you, it was being a very young child, or maybe it was high school, or maybe it was college. At what point did you say to yourself, if you can remember a specific moment, we're like, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, I don't think that there was one specific moment, but like I said, I mean, we grew up 
big Cowboys fans and then big Texas fans. So I was always every weekend would, if I was not playing, you know, playing a soccer game or something like that, me and my dad and my brother and my mom would all just sit on the couch and watch Texas games and college football all Saturday long. And then Sunday Cowboys and, uh, you know, all the other NFL games. And so I always just remember, I remember like the first couple of times I was, I saw Aaron Andrews and this is pretty cliche, but the first couple of times I saw Aaron Andrews doing a sideline report, I was like, that's a cool job. Sure. That's what I want to do. I'm not good at math or science. And so that's really, <laughs> that's really what I want to do. When you were in high school, were you involved in any sports, whether you were playing them, whether you were covering them? Did you, was there any kind of sports journalism for you in high school? Um, not particularly sports journalism, but yes, I ran track and cross country all throughout high school. And then, you know, all of my, all of my friends, we were all athletes. And so I, you know, I'd be going to a volleyball game on Tuesdays and then football games on Fridays. And then in the spring was, you know, I was running track. So it was track. And then also my friends, baseball games and softball games. And I just, it was all sports the whole year long. (laughs) You mentioned university of Texas for college. I ask all my sports media guests the same question. In your case, it's probably very rhetorical, but why did you decide to go to the University of Texas and were there other schools that you considered going to or maybe wanted to go to or was it UT for you all the way? Well, Patrick, uh, growing up, like I said, with a family full of Texas Longhorn fans, there was really no other option uh-huh. for me growing right. up. <laughs> I think I was uh, I was pretty much raised in DKR Stadium and I never actually really wanted to do anything other than go to Texas. That was kind of the goal from the time that I was in sixth grade and I watched, you know, Vince Young run through the corner of the end zone and win the national championship for the Longhorns. I was like, yep, all right, that's where I am. I'm a Longhorn. I will forever be a Longhorn. And then I, you know, I worked hard enough in high school to be able to make the grades to be an automatic admission at Texas. And that was that. I'll tell you, in a lot of ways, you're kind of lucky because some of the more successful sports media people that I've had an opportunity to talk to they didn't get to go to the college that they always wanted to go to. In many cases, it was their second, third, or even fourth choice. So for you to have be locked in on one college at such a young age and actually end up being able to go there, props to you, man. That's really cool. And when you were at Texas, when did you get involved with any sports journalism stuff? I'm assuming that you were a journalism major, correct? Yes, I was a journalism major. I really was fortunate enough to have um, three different internships at TV stations in Austin. And I solidified that I wanted to be, you know, broadcast TV on air sports talking. Um, when I was a soft after my sophomore year, when I did my first internship at CBS Austin. And I, you know, I, I did it with my, one of my best friends who was also in sports journalism with me. And she figured out as soon as we started doing stuff on camera that she actually wanted to be behind the scenes and do more of the, you know, print journalism. And I, affirmed as soon as I did that, I was like, yep, this is my career. This is exactly what I want to do. So I figured out pretty, uh, pretty early on in my college time that I, that's exactly what I wanted to do. And I was able to have a couple other internships during my time there and really just kind of hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I wanted to do. How big of a role did having the opportunity to do internships when you're in college that helps you hone your craft, obviously, how big of a role did that impact in what you're able to do today? I think it was absolutely the best thing that I did in college. I think that, I mean, there's something to say for doing, you know, the sports TV. I'm sure Texas, Texas had TS TV was what it was called. And so it was the student run TV station, but that was just, it was so, so time consuming and I wasn't able to do it with my schedule. And, you know, I had a lot of other extracurricular things I was working and, you know, throughout college. And so I couldn't do that, but I, you know, I think that my experience being in a newsroom and getting to really the biggest thing for me was getting to make connections with people in the media industry and like some people that I still talk to to this day, you know, that I'll, I'll text them on their birthday and they'll text me on my birthday. And just people that I've been able to look up to as a mentor in this industry is just, it's just absolutely invaluable experience for me. After college, you got a job as a sports reporter and a weekend anchor at a station in Abilene, Texas. How did that opportunity come about for you going from being a student, being an intern to getting a real job. It was a very quick turnaround. I, I, my brother actually just graduated from um, college this summer 
or in May. And he, you know, has had the entire summer. He doesn't start his job until, you know, actually a couple weeks from now. And so I was like, man, that was really nice that you got to have a whole summer. But, you know, I, uh, I graduated and then two weeks later I was starting work. Um, it was a very quick turnaround for sure, but it was, it was awesome. I mean, I loved, I loved every part of my time in Abilene. Um, the people out there were just the best people that I have ever met. And I'm sure that they're, you know, it's probably going to be the same here, but, <laughs> but I loved my time in, um, in Abilene, the, the big country will always hold a special part in my heart. Uh, I was there for three years, you know, almost the entire time of being in college. So I really got to make some really great relationships with people. Um, you know, and it was also nice and very convenient that it was three hours away from my parents in Dallas and then three and a half hours away from my brother in Austin. I still had a ton of ton of friends in Austin, um, after college. So it was a really, it was a really great spot for me to be. And, you know, really affirmed that I love, this is exactly what I wanted to do. What were some of the things that you were doing there on the air? I'm sure being in Texas, high school football is huge down there. So I'm sure that was a big part of your job. (laughs) Yes. High school football, high school sports in general really was, that was the biggest part. And that was my, honestly, my favorite my favorite aspect of the job. I've always loved high school sports. You know, like I just, I said a little bit ago, I grew up playing them. I grew up watching them and, um, high school football was huge, obviously in, uh, in West Texas. Um, just getting to see, you know, these kids that I, when I first started, they were sophomores on varsity. And then, you know, by the time that I, I left, they had just graduated. So that was really cool. Just getting to meet them, getting to meet, you know, the parents and the communities, the communities are so involved in high school football out there. I mean, when I tell you that the entire town shuts down on Friday nights, I am not lying. The whole entire community for every single community out there, everything shut down. You know, maybe the one dairy queen will be open for, you know, for people to get food post game, but yes, no high school football, high school sports was crazy, crazy big out there. And then also, um, got to cover Abilene Christian University. Uh, that was our big, that was our D1 school in Abilene. And then we had a couple of uh, D3 colleges out there, Hardin Simmons University, McMurray University, and Howard Payne University that we got to um, got to cover. But I did get to cover uh, ACU, both the men and women this last year went to the um, went to March Madness. So that was for the first time in program history. So that was super cool to be able to cover both of those teams, you know, for my whole time in Abilene and then for them to get to do this historic thing. Both of them get to do them at the same, uh, get to do it at the same year. That was super, super cool for me. I'm with Mary Margaret Johnson, brand new sports reporter at channel four. Okay. Mary Margaret. So you're born in Texas, you're raised in Texas, you go to school in Texas, you spend the first few years of your career professionally in Texas. And now you're in Buffalo. How did the opportunity (laughs) to join Channel 4 and Buffalo come about for you that you ended up going from Texas to Buffalo. What was that process? Um, I mean, I saw the job and it was actually everything that I had ever wanted to do. You know, anchoring, anchoring was fun and uh for the first couple of years, but I really knew when I when I was working there in Abilene that I really wanted to do more feature stories and I wanted to do, you know, more stuff that I could spend a lot more time on and not have to worry about, oh, I have to get back to the studio because I have to anchor this show. So, um, I saw this job posting and I know, I, I know a lot about Buffalo. I've, you know, I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, like I said earlier. So I understand bill, the bills I've seen, you know, bills mafia going crazy. And I know that this is such a huge sports town. And so it was so cool for me to, you know, to even just get the chance to apply to a job in a market like Buffalo, where the fans are so into their team. And then I got the job and I mean, it's just been, I've only been here for, I've been working for two weeks now. And as of these first two weeks, I mean, this is, this is everything and more I could have ever asked for. I, I, this team is fantastic. The news for sports team. I mean, they're, you, you know, they're just, they're so on it. They're so professional. I'm, I'm just having the time of my life right now. So for those that don't know, and many people listening probably don't because you are quite literally brand new to the Buffalo sports market. What are, and let me preface this by saying your job duties can change at a blink of an eye. That's just how sports media goes. But as of right now, what primarily are going to be your job duties at Channel 4? Um, right now, I am. My biggest thing is that I'm covering everything that they would be able to cover, but just maybe didn't have the time for. And so I've done a lot of um, I've done a lot of things with UB so far. Um, got to uh, shoot their entire football game on Thursday when they beat Robert Morris. I will actually be. 
um, with UB in, uh, in state college this week when they play Penn state at happy Valley. So that's exciting. Um, I've kind of, I, it's right now the job, like you said, it's just kind of fluid. It's kind of, um, you know, day to day I've done a couple high school stories so far. Um, just kind of trying to, you know, get, dip my foot in the pool and figure out exactly what I'm going to be doing. But as of right now, it's been a little bit, you know, a little bit of everything. And that, and that's, that's fun. It's exciting. It's something new and different every day. Sure. You're active on Twitter. I started following you on Twitter. The second I found out that you're going to be coming to (laughs) Buffalo, what's your take, what's your stance on Twitter? Because I know a lot of reporters and they have various varying stances when it comes to Twitter, obviously on one hand, it could be a great tool for you. It gives you an opportunity to interact with people, with fans. That's always great. It's a tool to get your stories out instantly where masses of people can see them right away. Mm-hmm. Those are always the good things. Then there's always the negative side to them too. There's trolls. And unfortunately that's just the way it is. And you know, the longer you're around, the bigger your name becomes, the more trolls are going to be in your life, whether you like that or not, it's just unavoidable. You know what I'm saying? It's just, For sure. it's just the way it is. What's your attitude like towards Twitter and how do you deal if you haven't yet experienced some of these trolls again? At some point you will, what's like your plan of battle? How are you going to combat when you get idiots that are, you know, um, just, I can't think of a better way to say it. There's going to be a, a percentage of idiots out there that are going to try to rile you up. What's kind of your attitude towards that all? No, for sure. I, I love Twitter. I think that Twitter is, I think Twitter is the best thing that has happened to journalism. I, that's, that's a pretty bold statement. It's a hot take, but I do. I love Twitter. I, like sure. you said, I mean, you can get you can get information out immediately. And right. like, you see how people like Adam Schefter use Twitter and like break in, you know, whoa, they break the news immediately and everybody can see it as right. soon as it happens. I think that that's fantastic. But in that same, you know, that same aspect, you could break something and it could potentially be wrong or, you know, it could be changed pretty immediately. And the thing that Twitter hasn't figured out yet is an edit button. And so sometimes you'll, you know, tweet something in the heat of the moment and then you can't, you can't go back and fix you know, some of the words that maybe you said or something like right. that. So I think that it's, it's a very powerful tool, but you can't, you, you also have to be smart about it. I mean, I, I love Twitter. I'm tweeting constantly, you know, most of the time about sports, sometimes just a little trickle of, you know, me and my personality every once sure, in a while. Sure. Um, um, you know, I, I'm get pretty, uh, pretty heavy Twitter fingers on Saturdays when Texas is playing. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, I actually, unfortunately, like you said, I have, uh, I've run into my fair share of trolls. I tweeted something that I thought was just going to be a funny joke when Texas basketball won the NIT and, uh, Longhorn network tweeted it out. And I, I just thought it was funny. And, um, you know, I was like, this is embarrassing. Texas, Texas is a giant program. We should not be celebrating lighting the tower orange for winning the NIT. So I tweeted, 69th best team in college basketball. Woo. Like that was all I said. And then I had some people blowing me up. I've experienced, I've experienced Texas Twitter, nice Texas Twitter. And you know, Oh my gosh, yay, we're great. But on the opposite side of that mean Texas Twitter, they were just brutal (laughs) for a couple of days. And I had to, I I didn't tweet anything for a while after that. Cause I was like, Ooh, it, it, it cut pretty deep, but <laughs> that was really, that was really my first experience, um, you know, having to deal with, tor- with trolls and, you know, there'll be every once in a while, somebody that comments on something and like, Oh, well, so-and-so blah, blah, blah. So I've, uh, I have, you know, I have to take things with a grain of salt. And also I, some, i it really has opened up my eyes now. I'm like, okay, I can't just tweet every single thing that pops into my head. <laughs> well, I'll tell you being in Buffalo, I'm sure you're going to be involved if not immediately at some point in coverage with Bills and Sabres, and they are not historically mm-hmm. winning teams in recent years. So a lot of fans get ownery and, you know, you're just tweeting out news and sometimes you, you got to tweet out what people don't want to read. And exactly. And but <laughs> you sound like you're perfectly capable of dealing with the good and the bad. So anyway, you've been in Buffalo a very short time now, only a couple of weeks. You've been working there for mm-hmm. about two weeks now. How's it been? What's your initial early thoughts of the city? I absolutely love it. I have really, I've just been like smiling every single day. It's fantastic. The weather is great. Um, and that's just the thing that I've been, you know, I can't stop talking about. I, I came from Texas where it was, you know, it was 113 the yeah. other day. And, you know, and then I look at the, and my friends are, te- are texting me and 
tweeting at me and sending me Snapchats like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I've ever been sweatier in my life. I'm like, oh, it's like 68 here. <laughs> this is great. This yeah. is August. And I'm, I'm not I'm not burning up every single minute of every single day. Um, I know that people have been uh, telling me to start preparing for the winter. I'm not sure that I will ever be prepared for the winter. Right. <laughs> I think it'll just be something that, uh, that comes and it's, you know, it's kind of on the horizon, like in game of Thrones, winter is coming and I know it's there and I know, it'll be, <laughs> I know it'll be hitting me pretty soon here, but I, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. The food has been amazing. The people have been great. It's been, uh, I've had a really, really awesome experience so far in these, uh, first couple weeks of being here. It's culture shock for sure. And in terms of the winter, yeah, it's coming. Like I said, I'm born and raised in (laughs) Buffalo and I live in Florida now and it's kind of the same deal. Um, The Buffalo summers are really magnificent because the humidity, especially, you know, if you live in Buffalo and you know nothing else but Buffalo, people will complain, oh my God, it's so hot, it's so humid. But like me being down here in Florida, you growing up in Texas, we we can relate. They don't know Mm -hmm. what being hot (laughs) is. Trust me when I tell you, they know that. Exactly. What about Buffalo feels similar to you to back home? And what feels like worlds apart different? I'm sure there's got to be times that, again, got to be fair here. You've only been in Buffalo for a couple of weeks, but it must feel like at least sometimes that you're like in a whole new world right now. Um, I think that pretty much everything has been completely different, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just the, um, you know, just the actual like atmosphere, just seeing like, oh my gosh, I'm living right off of a lake. That's, that's amazing. It's, you know, this huge lake that I've only ever seen on maps and on pic- and pictures and stuff. Like right. that's very different for me. Um, you know, and then I think the biggest thing that kind of gives, you know, tugs at my heartstring a little bit, makes me a little bit homesick is just the accents. Honestly, right. um, I'm, you know, I grew up in Texas. I'm used to kind of more of like a Southern drawl, real slow. And, um, I, <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's a little bit, the accents are kind of a little bit, a little bit different to me right now, but I actually, I did a, an interview. I was at a high school earlier, uh, this last week doing, um, you know, doing a profile on them. And I was, you know, when I get in the heat of the moment, I'm kind of just talking kind of fast and asking them all these questions. And then afterwards the coach just said, Hey, where are you from? And it's like, Oh, I'm from Texas. He's like, yeah, I can tell you said y'all a couple times there. <laughs> like, we don't say that up here. It's like, Oh, <laughs> What area, yeah, what been, area in Western difference. New York have you settled into? I like, man, we're not going to give any potential cycles out there, Mary <laughs> Margaret's address or anything, but like what part of town have you found an apartment in? I am in Elmwood Village. So it's oh, been, uh, it's awesome. I mean, the, the architecture is beautiful. All sure, the houses sure. are beautiful. It's just, it's, it's every time I just feel myself just staring at all the houses when I'm driving by, I'm like, this is so beautiful. <laughs> it's a great area. I grew up right around that area myself. Are you a chicken wing person or is this something that you're going to have to learn to be like, do you naturally like eating chicken wings? How were they in Texas? I have you do. had any in Buffalo? Yes, I did. Actually, my, uh, I moved, so I moved here on a Thursday and on Saturday, uh, me and my mom went to Gabriel's gate and got some nice. wings and they were fantastic. I'm a big chicken wing guy. Um, we don't really have a ton of authentic chicken wings in Dallas and, uh, in Austin, Abilene per se. I mean, we have, obviously the Buffalo wild wings and the wing stop and places like that. But yeah. so this is really my first experience having like really authentic, fantastic wings that I, you know, we stopped eating. Where I was like, that was the best thing I think I've ever eaten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I obviously can't promise you that you'll ever get completely used to the cold winter weathers, especially being from Texas or that you're going to love every single thing about Buffalo as long as you're here. But I can assure you that there will be no shortages of awesome places to go have chicken wings. So you got that going for you for sure. Now, again, brand new to the market. So obviously beyond the channel Four colleagues that you have, you've gotten, I'm sure got to spend a little bit of time with them. If you got an opportunity to get to meet and know any of the other people so far from other media outlets, yeah, actually, on my very uh, my very first day, we went to no, I guess it was my second day. Uh, we to UB Media Day, and then on the Wednesday, we went to the Bills. So I've met actually a lot of the other um, you know sports people from around town, and everybody. My nickname already is Texas, so that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like everybody I have met so far has been absolutely fantastic, and uh, I can't wait to really get to know everybody a little bit better. Well, for the most part, Buffalo sports media people are very authentic, good people, and pretty close-knit, especially compared to other cities. 
So I think for the most part, you'll come to know and, and like a lot of people in the sports media. All right, let's wrap up here. I do it with every guest. I have a little mini lightning round. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of random human interest questions. Not a lot of deep thought required. Whatever the first thing that pops in your mind, that'll be your answer. You good with that? I'm good. Let's go. All right, let's go. Favorite all-time athlete? Ooh, wow. You already stumped me off the bat. Okay, favorite all-time athlete. I'm going to have to say Vince Young when he was at Texas for obvious reasons. Okay. (laughs) Favorite non-sports related activity to do? I absolutely love watching movies. Okay. What's your favorite sports movie ever? Let's go right there. Okay. Favorite sports movie ever is got to be Remember the Titans. All right. Who's the most entertaining fellow sports reporter that you know? And probably it's not going to be somebody in Buffalo that people are familiar with because literally you just got to Buffalo, but like maybe somebody (laughs) back home in Texas, a a sports reporter that you know, that was, that's fun. Um, I'm going to have to say Anthony Geronimo. He is the sports producer and photographer for CBS Austin. He's one of the most positive people I've ever met. And any tweet that he tweets has about 15 or 16,000 exclamation points. He is, he's so (laughs) funny. He's a gem. I love him. (laughs) This question might be tough because throughout the duration of this interview, it's been all about sports and you've said that you didn't really want to do anything else, but let's just say if you never got involved in broadcast journalism in any capacity, or you did, and really very early on, you figured, you know what, I'm going to fall on my face. This ain't going to work out for me. What do you think you may be trying to do with your life right now if it wasn't for sports? Um, I think I watch a lot of HGTV, and I feel like I'd be a pretty good house flipper. I think I'd spend too much money, but I really think that I would enjoy that. (laughs) All right. I like that. All right. Last couple here. Name a TV game show, whether it's a current game show or something from the past, that if you were on that show, you feel like potentially you could dominate. Ooh, I would like to say uh, Steph Curry's new show, Holy Moly. I think I would have a really good time with that. The the mini putt putt game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would be. I think I'd be one of the crowd favorites, but I'm not sure I would be the actual winner. I think that that's the one that I would. You know, I'd get the crowd involved and they would love me, but. I think that that's, we'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. I might, I might hit, I might hit the ball in the water a couple times. <laughs> All right. Let's pretend instead of doing this via Skype with us, 1300 miles away right now that we're sitting taping this in a bar and we're going to take our microphones and instead of taping this podcast and having a conversation like we've been doing for the last half hour, they got karaoke going on and we're going to take our mics and we're going to go on that stage right now. Well, at least I'm not, you're going to in your own world, Maybe you could be the worst singer on earth. I have no idea. But in your own world, you're the best singer. What song right now are you going to get up there and are you going to sing that people at the bar watching and listening are going to be all into? They're going to be like, yay! And they're going to want to get into it and jam out. What's your go-to signature karaoke song going to be? You know what, Patrick? I am a big, big Queen fan, and I'm confident enough to say that I could nail Bohemian Rhapsody. I love it. I love it. All right, two more here. Twitter sends you a note, says, hey, Mary Margaret, we got a brand new policy and it doesn't matter how many people follow you, but you can only follow one person on Twitter. That's it. We're taking away every person that you follow. Who is that one Twitter follow, whether it's a person or an organization? It's all you can get is one. Who are you following? Ooh, um, okay. Only Texas fans would understand this one, but it's the faux, it's the parody account of Tom Herman and it's called at Tom the Herman, and he is just roasting every player, or not every player, every other team that Texas is going to play. Just so sarcastic, so funny. I think that that's the one I'm going to have to go for. Okay. Last one here, and this is always hard. Three dinner guests, any era, dead or alive, any point in time in history. They could be at your dinner table tonight, getting some eats, maybe a glass of wine or two, whatever. Who do you got? Oh my gosh. Okay. This is going to be, it's going to be very random, but okay. here we go. Okay. First off, Oprah Winfrey. Okay. Cause she's this, you know, she's amazing. Sure. She's Second old. off, um, the queen of England, queen Elizabeth II. Hmm. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. She can bring all of her corgis. She's amazing. Okay. And then third, I think I'm going to have to go with magic Johnson. Cause he loves Twitter. I love Twitter. 
I've, you know, I've been a Lakers fan for not from, from a, a distant Lakers fan. You know, I, I always enjoyed watching them. Um, yeah, I think that those are the three I'm going to go with. Oprah, Queen of England, Magic Johnson. (laughs) That is diverse. I like that a lot, man. That's well done. And me and Magic have the same initials. MJ, MMJ, pretty much the same. There you go. You can follow Mary Margaret on Twitter at MMJ5838. Of course, check her out on Channel 4, WIVB.com. This was fun. I'm a big Mary Margaret Johnson fan now. Thanks for doing this. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed myself. Hi, my name is Matt Cundell, and this portion of the Moranolytics podcast is powered by my company, MattCundellVoice.com. If you need a voice for your company videos, narration, e-learning, maybe it's your radio or TV ad, or even your phone system, consider using my voice to tell your story. I'm not only a sponsor of this podcast, I'm also a regular listener, wrestling fan, and longtime supporter of the Buffalo Bills. For more, check out MattCundellVoice.com or click on the link in the show notes. All right. Um, by the way, on Friday's episode, I am going to have a ginormous Buffalo Bills NFL season preview. I'm going to have Joe Marino from the Draft Network on all the Buffalo Bills and NFL stuff you could ever need. So that'll be on Friday's show. As for right now, I have been waiting for a chance to devote a solo segment on some chicken wing talk for quite a while now. And this is a great day to do it, a great episode to do it. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, or if you follow me on Twitter, at Pat Moran Tweets, you're very well aware of my fondness for eating chicken wings pretty much every single day that I spend in Buffalo when I get back home over the past three or so years, more specifically to writing up some wing reviews and, of course, having power rankings of every single place that I've tried. I've been doing it for a while now, and I promise you, it didn't start out to be serious, man. I completely did it as a joke. I wrote up a couple wing reviews, almost like in satirical fashion, purely for my buddies on Facebook. And when I realized it was starting to get a lot of feedback, a lot of traction, I started doing the same with my followers on Twitter. And I'll tell you this, okay, part of the fun about blogging or podcasting, or I guess anything really, is that you're never completely sure of what will work and what's not going to work until you do it and it happens one way or the other, I quickly started to learn that while people, generally speaking, don't really give a shit what Patrick Moran has to say about the Bills or the Sabres or just pretty much sports, period. They certainly had something to say when I would write about wings or talk about wings. It makes great sense if you really think about it. I mean, many people out there, they don't, and it's not just on this podcast if it's me talking, it's just sports podcasting in general. I think many people out there don't really have an opinion or a particular take or care that much about who's playing on the Sabres third line or if rookie Cody Ford is better suited for guard or tackle on the Bills offensive line right now. Don't get me wrong. They're still big Buffalo sports fans. They're rooting for their teams. They're going to the games. They're enjoying the teams, but doesn't mean that they have any takes or interest on the small things, the details. You know what I'm saying? Well, with wings, I've learned that's a different story. I mean, like everybody has an opinion on chicken wings. Everybody has their favorite spot. Everybody has their hidden gems. Everybody has spots that they think are overrated. Everyone has a take on if they like their wings better, crispy, extra crispy, saucy, not saucy. You know, drums are flats, medium hot flavor, some other fancy kind of flavor. Like I said, everyone has an opinion, a take, or whatever you want to call it when it comes to their wings. And the best part, just like with food and so many other things, man, it's so subjective. So there's no real right or wrong answer. It's only an opinion. So anyway, I try a new place. This is what I do. I'll go to a new place. I write a review. And the reviews are pretty much the same. It'll consist of a paragraph or two about the good, the bad, an overall look, an overall outlook of the place. And then as proof that I never really intended for this to be serious, I compare each place that I go to to a current or former football quarterback, man. That's what I did. Some of them and I tried to find some funny things to say and some things that kind of fit the concept, the bridge between chicken wings and football. So, and then I power rank them. 
I, and I never claim, by the way, to be any kind of wing connoisseur, just a dude with an opinion. I'm just trying to have fun with what I do. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. So on this last trip to Buffalo, and again, if you listen to the podcast regularly or follow me on Twitter, you know all about this already. My last trip back to Buffalo in July until like mid-August, I went to 20 new spots, 25 overall, by the way, in just 20 days. And that's admittedly nuts. And you know what? You're welcome. You are. <laughs> became It became a, a much bigger thing for me than it was before. And like this last trip, I taped a series of Wings With podcast episodes with some of the like the heaviest hitters in the Buffalo sports media during this last trip. I did a show with Sal Capaccio at O'Neill's and Joe Yurden from The Athletic. We did a show at the Essex Street Pub. I had a show with Tim Graham at Autobahn North. I did um, Sonny Reds and Lackawanna. I did a show there with Eric Wood, and I also did a show there with Joe B. And then I did a show at Amherst Ale House with Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News. So it was a lot of fun, and in total, I'm now up to about 60 Buffalo spots on my little journey here. Trust me, I know there's still many more to go because every time I put up a review or any kind of power rankings, people let me know immediately, yo, you got to go to this place. You got to go to this place, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I posted last week my summer slash fall wing power rankings, one through 60. It, it kind of blew up. I did not expect it to be as well-read and received and talked about as it was. Just a few days later, I checked that Twitter analytic analytics stat and that tweet had like over 28,000 engagements and well over 50,000 total impressions. And this is just like in the first two or three days, which for a dude who's got around, I don't know, 4,400 followers on Twitter. It's pretty cool. And that's just on Twitter, by the way, that's not Facebook or anything else. So tons of feedback, lots of complaints, some legit, some sarcastic, plenty of, I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. Feedback comes with the territory. I know. I get that. I know. Ton of places I haven't yet tried and need to. People were telling me about them. It's been a lot of fun. It really has. And I'm going to continue doing it each time I get back home to Buffalo, which is at least a few times per year. Right now, I'm at 60 new spots. And, you know, hopefully in the next trip, I come up November or December, I could hit five to 10 new ones, at, you know, at the very least. So I ask for feedback from people for a podcast segment, which I'm doing right now on Twitter. And you guys definitely delivered. I'm going to share some of your takes, questions, comments, whatever you want to call it right now. Some tweets that I got. And uh, these are random. They're not in any order of importance. So let me get to a few of these on my list here. Scott Seabohm tweeted. He says, I like that Dalmatia is so high on your list. A prototypical corner bar that 95% of the people in Buffalo have never heard of. Great fish fry spot too. Well, I'll tell you what. I couldn't agree more. I have them ranked number four overall to 60, by the way. Absolutely fantastic place. Quick story, and I'm not going to tell a story about every comment I have here, but I actually went to Delmatia Hotel, which is in Riverside, not the greatest area on earth. I mean, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep shit real with you here, man. I'm going to be honest with you, okay? The location alone makes it a place that's not for everybody. I went there with my wife, with my 16-year-old son, with my 20-year-old daughter and her boyfriend. That's not a restaurant, okay? This is that Buffalo prototypical, like the tweet said, dive bar, okay? You ain't going there. You shouldn't be going there sitting down at a table and having a sit-down style type of lunch or dinner. Wings are not. It's not that kind of place. You know what I'm saying. You know exactly what I mean. It's a dive bar. But having said that, the wings are absolutely blow you away. Incredible. I think we got like four or five different types of wings. And I remember they were all good, but the Chevetta's Cajun wings were probably within the top two or three best wings that I've ever had ever from any kind of place, any style of flavor. They were just incredible. And they got like 60 something flavors on there. So you could go there, have two or three wings a week and have to go there like 20 times to be able to try every flavor. Great place. Anyway. All right. D Kilinjaski says, what happened to Doc's? Haven't had the sense to change in ownership, but they were easily some of the best wings I've ever had. Well, I don't know about changes in ownership. And this is a part when, you know, when you're reviewing chicken wings or power ranking them, where it could be, frankly, a little bit unfair. I went there on a relatively busy night, but not packed. I, I got wings. I asked for 
a smitty sauce that's like or some medium half medium half smitty sauce that's like their specialty brand and i asked for them to be on the saucy side well i'm telling you right now i waited forever for them they were small wings they weren't saucy and they tasted like crap now if i went back there the next week maybe i got unlucky maybe there was a cook there who didn't want to be cooking that night or something i don't know and he mailed it in no idea but all i could do is be honest with people I have a 49th on my list out of 60 because I thought they were terrible. So maybe next time I'll go back there and they'll be better. Uh, Zach Sheldon, which by the way, it's my boy Maniac from Trainwreck Sports. They're also doing their thing with uh, wing reviews on Trainwreck Sports. They're doing a great job with that. He says, agree 100% on Doc Sullivan's. Think you might be low on Blackthorn now. Um, I got Blackthorn, by the way, 31st out of 60, which is middle of the pack. And in Buffalo, that's not bad. That's something else, and I'll talk about this throughout this segment. Being in the middle of the pack when you're comparing Buffalo Wings is not automatically saying that you're mediocre and that you're not good. Because I would venture to say numbers 20 through, say, maybe 35 in Buffalo would probably be top three to five in Florida or Georgia or most other states in uh, the United States. So, I don't know. I thought Blackthorn were good. I got no issue with them. I, I enjoyed them. I can enjoy them again. They didn't stand out for me, but... They're pretty good. At Tristan two two at Tristan two two eight. I'm sorry, got a tough time getting behind this list after seeing wing nuts in there. Oh boy, had them for the first time last week, and they were by far the worst wings I've ever eaten. Well, look, it's a point again. These are always subjective. I'll say this: when I wrote my review for wing nuts, and I would highly suggest if you're interested in wings, you you read that review. I said. Of every place that I've ever had, this is the biggest conundrum that I've ever had because on one hand, they were incredible, okay? The wings were monster size. The sauce was absolutely delicious. I thought that they were cooked perfectly, very fairly priced, and mom and pop place, which I automatically root for, but it was also weird in a way because it's not a bar, it's not a restaurant, it's almost like a work break room cafeteria type of deal where you go and you sit at a Knights of Columbus, literally inside the Knights of Columbus. That's where they're located. I don't know how, I didn't hate that. It was just different. That's all. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just different. What I do hate, I didn't, it didn't happen to me, but I've heard many stories of people, they run out of wings and I don't think that should ever happen. When you're going to a place to get wings, you want to take a ride to Kenmore and get wings. I don't want to have to call. Don't make me call to find out if you're going to have wings available or if they're going to be sold out. Or if I'm cutting it close because I can't get there at 8 o'clock, the last hour that you're open or whatever, have more wings. I can't stand that. And then the other thing, I, if these weren't breaded, they fooled the hell out of me and a lot of other people. I was with someone else and they tasted breaded to me. They did. They deny apparently. I didn't talk directly to the owner. He didn't directly deny it to me. But I've heard that the owner claims that the wings are not breaded. They're not traditional. I could tell you that because I know that and I wrote in my review if they had a normal, typical, traditional wing and kept all the values that they have for the rest of the wing, it would be number one. Not one of, it probably would be number one in my book. That's how much I thought about wing nuts and how much I thought they had the potential to be one of the best. So anyway, it's subjective. I get it, Tristan. You you thought they sucked. I think they're awesome. I had them 17 out of 60. And again, I'm not a fan of breaded wings and they deny it, but they tasted breaded to me. Had these been normal wings, top five at worst. Anyway, my <laughs> Jay Skursky, by the way, of course, Jay Skursky is the Buffalo Bills beat reporter at the Buffalo News. And I'm about to owe him a big apology right now. Um, he says, a strong showing for SBG. He's talking about Snyder Bar and Grill with an exclamation point. First of all, I just ran off a list of guys that I taped shows with in Buffalo Wings with. I did a show with Jay too. We did it at Snyder Bar and Grill. So, Sorry for forgetting you, my man. Here's the funny thing, too. All the other guys I did, Tim, Eric, Joe B, Mike, Sal, I said, let's go here. This is a cool place to do it. I know somebody here. I've had the wings here before. They're good. That wasn't a big deal. Jay was the one guest I had during my trip to Buffalo who flat out told me where we need to go. He wanted me to go to Snyder Bar and Grill. You know, usually people say they don't care where they go. Let's just go hang out somewhere. Well, he specifically wanted me to go there. Do a 
try their wings and, and tape a show there. And I'm so glad he did because the wings were absolutely incredible. I remember them very, very well. The medium had nice bite to them. They were cooked well. And we also had Cajun hot. We're almost were like kind of dry rubbed. Absolutely awesome. I got them 11 out of 60 on my list. Snyder Barn Grill and Amherst. Great spot. I would definitely recommend anyone who's serious about chicken wings and want to go to a bunch of different spots. Definitely go check them out. Next up, the 0607 team. What kind of Twitter handle is that, by the way? No way Amherst Ale House should be ahead of Gabriel's. Again, subjective, man. For the record, I got Amherst Ale House at 9 and Gabriel's Gate 10. They're literally right next to each other, so whatever. <laughs> Greg Obama tweets, not bad. Three of my top seven here. Got to try the Birdhouse in Orchard Park. I've never had that. Too low. Big Tree, Coles, G. McCarthy's. Too high. Ale House, Sales, Strikers, Rusty Buffalo. Uh, as far as Birdhouse, there's lots of places that I need to try. I get it. Too low. I got Big Tree 27, Coles 22, G. McCarthy's 25 out of 60. So they're all in the lower to mid-20s out of 60. That's the top half. And again, I'm going to say it again. Being in the top half out of 60 in Buffalo is impressive. Being in the top six or top half out of 60, maybe in other areas of the country when it comes to wings, that probably means your wings suck. I liked all three of them. I like Big Tree. I like Coles and I like G. McCarthy's. None of them were standout, oh my God, type of places, but they were all good. I enjoyed them all very much. As for the ones he's got too high, Ale House, I got it nine. Sales, Sales Lounge, he's talking about, I got it 28. Rusty Buffalo, I got it 38. And what was the other one? The Pizzeria or uh, Strikers. I got Strikers at 32, which is right around middle of the pack. I don't know. I like Ale House a lot. It's one of those places I think that people either love it or they think it's very overrated. I fall in the category of I love it. Sales Lounge, I tell you this, probably has the best Twitter following of anyone I know. People who like Sales Lounge are heavily invested in the Twitter and they don't like when you talk bad about that place. For the record, I like Sales Lounge a lot. I got them ranked, again, 28 out of 60, top half. My issue, their wings are breaded. I don't like breaded wings, generally speaking. I just don't. I loved everything about Sales Lounge, but not a big breaded wings guy. I don't understand, you know, I don't understand why every place, even if you want to offer breaded wings and you want to be different and unique, that's cool. But my attitude is this. If I don't like breaded wings, and I promise you half of people who like chicken wings don't want breaded wings, you're eliminating half your business because people aren't going to go there knowing that you're getting breaded wings. If I wasn't doing power rankings and trying as many places, and I knew ahead of time that Sales Lounge or Vinny's, because they're another one, that they have breaded wings, I ain't going there. I don't like them. So have breaded wings on the menu and have traditional. I just don't understand why more people don't do that. Rusty Buffalo, eh, whatever. They're all right. I got them at 38. Next one, ET1062. The fact that you have Coles ranked above anyone else makes me question your ability to rank wings. This is what I'm talking about, another example of how subjective things can be. The last guy just said I had Coles too low. This guy thinks because I have anything ranked or Coles ranked above anything else, my question, my ability to, to rank wings should be questioned. Whatever, dude. I like Coles a lot. If you had said that about Good Bar, I might be more inclined to agree with you. Was not a big fan of the wings at Good Bar at all. I kind of liken it to Doc Sullivan's good reputation. I'm talking about Good Bar here, just like Doc Sullivan's good reputation. Maybe I just went on a bad day where whoever was making the wings just mailed it in because they weren't good at all. Uh, at Jack Nine Eichel Hat. Duff's number 24. What am I missing out on? I don't know. I think Duff's is good. I just don't think that they're elite at all. I think there's, I mean, obviously in my opinion, so far, and this is just of places I've tried. I've already found 23 places that I like as much or, or more than Duff's. I think they're good. I know they're famous. I know it's all about Duff's or Anchor Bar, and that's the big debate. But honestly, people who live in Buffalo know this. It's neither. At least for most people, it's neither. It's a good spot. Much respect, but eh, whatever. I, you know what I hate about Duff's? I hate that you got to guess with the, with the wing flavors, how strong they are. Like I hate the fact that 
Medium is really hot. Hot is like, go kill yourself so hot. Uh, mild is medium. Mild, medium, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I, I don't like that. Just, if you're going to be medium, be medium. Don't, I don't like guessing. So that that's my one of my bigger issues with Duffs. At Boomer0888, this is a real solid ranking. Personally, I'd have Mimosas higher, but I also haven't made it down there in years. Maybe it's fallen off. Also, Swanee House should easily be a top 40. Mimosas, I have at 14 out of 60. That's pretty high. And it's, again, I like them a lot. Being 14 out of 60, it's subjective, bro. It's subjective. Swanee House, easily top 40. I don't know. Haven't had them. I know a lot of people talk about them. The guys from Trainwreck Sports had them and gave it a terrible score. I think maybe, I don't want to say, I'll eventually get there regardless. I don't care what other people say, but it might have influenced me to go to other places this past trip. So have not had them yet. I don't know. At Bodan 1, I love that Elmo's is getting the respect that they deserve. Well, they respect it. They deserve every ounce of respect they get. I got them number two overall out of 60. I think their wings are incredible. Those Cajun, hot Cajun, double dipped. If this was a power rankings of specialty wings, not just traditional mild, medium, hot, they probably would be number one. I think the Elmo's Cajun hot double dipped is probably the best single flavor of chicken wing in all of Western New York. Uh, get to a couple more here at JD step 88. I disagree with a lot here, but I respect it. What I agree with most is Glen Park Tavern. They were, and he's using air quotes here. Fine. But charging 1395 for eight wings should revoke their wing trail credentials. And honestly, someone should go to jail. All right. That might be a little harsh. I don't think anyone should be getting arrested, bro. You ain't going to jail. The wings were not fine. The wings were awful. They were terrible. I couldn't agree more. $13.95 $13.95 for eight wings is a complete joke. It should be 10 wings. It's not a bad price, but it's a terrible price when you're only getting eight. Also, the wings were small. Also, the wings were took, cooked absolutely terribly. I don't even think they were cooked enough when I had them. The sauce was bland and boring. It was like, here's a little Frank's. Here's a little butter. Blah, blah, blah. Mail it in. Absolutely terrible. I didn't know that they were. Actually, I didn't know they were on the wing trail. In fact, that's why I went there. They should be off the wing trail because I would not want anyone based on, and I apologize, based on my experience at Glen Park Tavern, I wouldn't want anyone from outside of Western New York coming to Buffalo, hearing about how famous and amazing chicken wings are, and then going to that place as one of the first places they try because they stink. I could get those wings literally anywhere else. Any state, any city I've been to in the United States, I could get wings that are just as good as Glen Park Tavern. Side note two. I don't feel good about saying any of this. See, here's the thing. When I first started doing these reviews and rankings, how do I say it? I'm trying to think here on the fly here. I'm not going to edit this, by the way. We're just, we're rolling right now. That's what we're doing. I don't take any pride in burying a place. I don't want to bury a place. I'll find other, even if I don't like the wings, I will find other good things about the place to say. I don't want to take any money, any business off any table. But at the same token, when I first started doing this, it was only my buddies and nobody, they had fun with it, but nobody really cared. But now that's not the same anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. And if you don't believe me, look at my Twitter mentions. You can see it for yourself. Okay. When I write a review, people tell me almost every day based on my review or my rankings, they go to places based on what I'm telling them. And if they like it, they, they thank me. And if they hated it, they tell me that it sucked. Thanks for nothing. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, there's a little bit, at least, a sense of responsibility at this point. I can't lie to people. I'm not going to be nice to be nice if the wings are not good because kind of putting my ass out there a little bit. If I tell you to go to Glen Park Tavern when I thought the wings were absolutely awful, that's that's bad on me because chances are you're going to go there and they're going to stink and then you're going to be mad at me and I don't want that. I'm going to be honest with you. So again, these places, admittedly, and to be fair, to not just Glen Park, but all of them where I gave them a terrible review or terrible ranking in my power ranking system, maybe if I went back a second time, they would be better. Maybe I got unlucky, but you know what? You never know when people are coming. If you're going there, if you go to Glen Park Tavern or Doc Sullivan's or Dwyer's Irish Pub, which is another one that a lot of people like that I thought were absolutely awful. Um, you know, if you go in there, especially with a couple of buddies and you're having some beers and some wings, you're going to go drop $80, $90 of your money 
you don't want shitty wings, and I'm not going to be the guy who tells you to go somewhere if I think they're shitty. So, again, no disrespect to the people at Glen Park. I've heard great things about the place overall. I heard they got great roast beef sandwiches, good dinners there, but their wings were awful. So, anyway, moving on quickly here now. Buffalo Blondie tweeted, she tweeted this, but honestly, sev- several others pretty much said the same thing. Nothing tops 9-11. She's referring to 9-11 Tavern, and she's right. They're number one. There it is. You don't need to read the the rankings if, if, if you listen to this podcast, and, but if, I'm just telling you now, I'm spoiling it for you. 9-11 Tavern is number one, all right? I don't see anyone else. I got a lot of places to go to, but I'd be shocked at this point because I've been to most of the, the name places anyway. I'd be stunned if anyone beats them. And the funny thing about 9-11 Nothing fancy about them. A lot of things I hate about the place, okay? First of all, you never know when it's freaking open. Uh, the parking is brutal. It's not the greatest area in the world in South Buffalo, just like I said with Delmation Hotel in Riverside. If you're from the city, not a big deal. You see the area, but if you're from the suburbs, man, not sure how you're feeling about coming around that area at some points. Uh, you can't dine out. You have to eat in. So dining out's not an option. The customer service isn't always the best. I'm kind of being nice about that. The bathroom is about as big as is a telephone booth and doesn't matter because when the wings come out, nobody's is better. And they only have like, I think like hot and medium. I'm not even sure if they have mild. I think I had medium hot. They were just, Oh my God, they're the best. So I'm going to leave it at that. B Dodge. Love the props for Audubon North. Went to high school in that area. And it took me years to convince people to go in because they took one look from the outside and passed. I can understand why kind of a dumpy bar. It's in Amherst. Nice area, Amherst, obviously, but very divey, very local run. I mean, in terms, I mean, you know, all the locals are in there. A lot of sports people, a lot of locals, a lot of regulars. It's just like anywhere else, man. West Side, North Buffalo, Riverside. This is that bar in Amherst that's like that. I'm not going to say it's a rundown hole in the wall, but it's it's not a fancy place by any means. But point being, the wings were amazing. I'm going to start flying through the rest of these because I don't want to be here all day. The wings are awesome. I got them at number five out of 60. Uh, Joe Schmo is the man. No, I can see where this is going. Stick to the food. Critiquing wait times, etc., is idiotic. Order takeout. Article can't be taken seriously. Whatever, bro. I mean, first of all, my rankings pretty much are based on how the food is. In reviews, I write other things because I think they're important. I think if you wait an hour, I waited an hour, by the way, at Wingnuts. You know, I, I, if you're going to wait an hour, I, I think that's important to state that you waited an hour or that the service was awesome or that the price was great or that the p- price was terrible or that you can't get takeout like 9-11. That's not an option. So I want people to know that in my reviews. But in terms of evaluating or, or you know, putting a lot of stock into my rankings, doesn't put much into it, if at all. Last three here. Coach Delaney SP. That's my man, Coach Tim Delaney, South Park. Definitely using your list for ideas, but I got to say, I'm viewing wing spots as elite, very good, and everyone else. Basically, you can get decent edible wings anywhere in Buffalo, honestly. There's only four places I'd honestly go out of my way to go eat wings at. That's a fair point, man. It really is. I get it. I think it's more about being the best in your area, in your neighborhood, than being the best in Western New York. If you're the best wings in South Buffalo, most people are only going to stay in that South Buffalo area to go get wings. So does it really matter if I got a wing place in clearance that's ranked two spots ahead of a place in South Buffalo when you're 10 minutes away. You're not going to go to clearance more times than not for those wings. So I, I get that. At Corey have S. How hard is it to rank them when you can't judge them head to head? This isn't meant to question your decisions. I just know I would have a tough time comparing wings I ate yesterday to wings from a month ago. I'm just curious. Love the work you put in. Hope to try some top picks. Very fair. It is. Head to head is bad. And this kind of goes back to the last comment from uh, Coach Delaney that I also agree with. And it's possible in the future, I might change what I'm doing right now from power rankings to to levels, to tiers, I should say, because one through three or four are clearly the best to me. And then you got five to maybe 10 or 11. When you get to like 20, there's not much of a difference between 20 and 29 or even like 22 and 34. They could all be in tears. So I kind of agree with that. It's tough to really judge a wing head to head just because, you know, I might have, for an example, I have G McCarthy's at 25 and then I have um, 
ADOS first war tavern at 39. It's not that there's, that sounds like a big difference between 25 to 39, but there's really not. They could be in the same tier or maybe at the most one tier below. So yeah, head to head thing. That could be rough. And again, in the future, maybe I will change that. All right. Last one here. Life, life with Mikey 52 times have changed. Wings went from something that you got at a pizza joint or a wing exclusive place like Duff's anchor bar, etc., to something that has been made better by good cooks in bars and restaurants all over people trying different sauces and flavors. Competition breeds excellence. Yo, that's perfectly well said. I really don't have anything to add to that. Get out there. Try as many wings as you can. I'm going to end this segment with that last comment. And I will put a link to, if you have not seen it yet, my power rankings 1 through 60 in the show notes. Go check that out for sure. Go get out. Get out of just going to your favorite one or two spots. Get out there. There's so many good places in Buffalo for wings. Get out there and try them. You might not love them all, but you're going to love a lot more of them than you don't. I can promise you that much. I'll do another segment on this podcast on wings down the road when I got plenty of new spots to talk about. But there you go, man. Get out there. If you live in that Buffalo area, get out there and go enjoy some wings. All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Big thank you again, Mary Margaret Johnson, brand new digital sports reporter at Channel 4 in Buffalo. I like her. I like her a lot. That was a fun chat. Great personality. Very vibrant. You know, I, I like having some sports media folk covering Buffalo sports locally who aren't from the area. I love that she's from Texas. I think she's going to do great. She'll kill it. As soon as she gets to know the area in sports in Western New York more, she'll absolutely kill it. Hopefully, she'll be around for a long time. Coming up on Friday's show, I'll be having a huge Buffalo Bills NFL Season preview with my man, Joe Marino, an analyst at the Draft Network. That guy is about as locked in to the Buffalo Bills as anyone. He'll be my guest on Friday. If you have not yet done so already, stop messing around. Please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast right now. When you subscribe, new episodes automatically get sent directly to your phone or to your computer within seconds of being released. That's always the benefit of being a subscriber. You'll get new episodes before anyone else does. New shows every Tuesday and Friday. Don't forget to rate and review. I say it every week. Really helps me grow this podcast tremendously. You can find us on Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, where else, man? Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are found. Last but not least, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pamoran Tweets. Always got updates about this podcast on there. Upcoming guests, news, notes, polls, all kinds of stuff like that. So follow me on Twitter at Pamoran Tweets. Thank you again for listening. Truly appreciate each and every single one of you who take any time out of your week to listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me. It really does. Be back with Joe Marino on Friday. We'll have plenty to talk about. I'll catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.